Good evening. Welcome to our Sisters in Spirit Empowerment Podcast for Thursday, March 19th, 2020. I'm your host, Sky Deborah Samuels, here with our co-host, Raisa Darlene Nazir. Good evening, Raisa. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here on this, speaking on this topic with an opportunity to help people shift perspective to a more fluid flow of life. Awesome. And yes, we are really grateful to be able to bring this podcast to you this evening to talk about how to maintain a healthy state of mind during trying times and to share tools and resources and inspiration to help us all maintain a positive, balanced state of mind. Our guest this evening is Lakia Dam. Lakia is a licensed clinical social worker, clinical practice, coach, and consultant. She's a therapist. She is the owner and founder of the Four Firm LLC, a private practice located in Greenville, South Carolina. Lakia graduated from Lander University with a Bachelor's of Science in Sociology, and she's a graduate of the University of South Carolina, where she obtained her master's degree in social work. Lakia has over 10 years of experience working with individuals and groups in a variety of settings. Her experience includes psychotherapy, child welfare, welfare, program management, leadership training, and coaching. And Lakia is really passionate about helping individuals, couples, and families to navigate through and overcome life's challenges in all areas of work-life balance, anxiety, depression, grief. Hey, how are y'all? It's great to be We're here tonight. this evening. <laughs> Good. Excited We're to be really here. Happy to... Good. We're really happy to have you with us. So I wanted to do something before we started with our discussion this evening. I'd like for us to take a couple of deep breaths. I think after everything we've been through today, we could stand to add a little more oxygen to our bodies and to kind of decompress. So we're going to inhale to the count of two and exhale to the count of two a couple of times. So uh, everyone's ready. Inhale. Guys, um, you're kind of garbled. Um, I'm not sure if it's just my line, but just want to make sure that the listeners can hear you clearly. Okay. How's this? Lakia, how's it sound to you? Um, It's still kind of garbled to me, too. Okay. Well, we are going to take a couple of breaths. And then That's start right. our show. Were you able to hear that? Yes. <laughs> okay, let's inhale and exhale. We're going to inhale and exhale. That helps me feel a little bit better. Mhm. So, Akita. We're excited to have you with us. We would like for you to share with us how you became to follow the path of becoming a social worker and therapist. Um, Well, initially, social work really was not on my radar um, as a career. I actually wanted to be a pediatrician um, for, for the longest. But when I went to college, I started off as a psychology major, but ended up switching over to sociology because I just love um, learning about why the world is the way that it is, how, you know, why people are the way that they are. Um, and so I ended up graduating um, with my bachelor's in sociology. And I knew my senior year that 
I wanted to do more, and I knew that I probably wasn't going to be able to just do much with a bachelor's in sociology. So um, I had a professor who was a social worker, and so I applied, and I'm glad that I, I did because social work is such a broad field. Um, it's not just what most people think, taking children out of the homes. It's so much more than that. We are in communities. We're in schools. Um, we work with veterans. We work with the geriatric population. Um, we were in medical settings. We're therapists. We're teachers. And so it's such a broad field. And so um, I enjoy it. It's very versatile. There's so many opportunities um, and room for growth. And so as of right now, um, I currently am a therapist. I have a private practice um, in Greenville, South Carolina. And I spent several years working in the child welfare arena. Um, I did some program management, but I knew that it was my goal um, to eventually open up a private practice. So I just did the necessary work that I needed to do to get my clinical license. And so now that is what I do full time. I'm a therapist um, full time. Awesome. It seems like you did, you know, take the steps to prepare, and now you are a beneficial presence on the planet, helping people through all types of uh, situations and challenges in life. So we're excited about that, and we thank you for, for doing that. So, yeah, I would imagine that um, during these times there are a number of different mindsets or states of being that we can slip in, slip in and out of, especially now that we're facing facing. Um, an environment that's changing on a regular basis. For example, um, we are experiencing a lot of change, a lot of um, the unknowns. Our normal has changed. We have a new norm now. And I wanted to um, just chat about, you know, some of the different types of mindsets that we might find ourselves in, like resistance to change, fear, anxiety, depression, uh, especially if you listen to too much external stimuli, um, aggression, you know, disbelief or immobility, not knowing just what to do. Uh, is there a way that we can recognize these states of being? And if so, how can we recognize it? And more importantly, what can we do to adjust so that we can maintain a, a healthy state of mind and a healthy being? Um, I do believe that, yes, we can recognize um, these different states. I think what's important is to first know what we feel like when we're in a good state of mind. I think for the most part, most of us have probably um, experienced, you know, a moment or moments in our lives where we're in a good space um, mentally, physically, and we know what that feels like. And so knowing what that feels like, then we can typically identify when we're not feeling that way. Um, for example, with depression, um, depression can, you know, manifest in different ways. A person might, you know, feel extreme sadness. They may feel unmotivated. They may even feel irritable and snappy. Um, and so identifying, you know, what are things, what's happening around me or what has happened internally that may trigger those um, those feelings or those types of responses. Um, even with anxiety, anxiety is, you know, excessive worry, um, fear of the unknown, um, just constantly thinking about the worst. 
and identifying, you know, what are the things that may be happening in my life right now that may be triggering these feelings. And the thing about feelings is that feelings are fleeting. We can feel happy one minute, and then we can feel angry the next, depending on, you know, what has happened. And so it's important that, number one, we honor our feelings. When we ignore what we're feeling, we actually make things worse because to suppress our feelings, to suppress our emotions actually creates more stress. Um, actually has a negative um, consequence. So acknowledging what you're feeling, you know, I'm mad right now or I'm upset or I'm worried or I'm fearful um, and honoring that. And I tell my clients, you know, it's okay to sit in your feelings for a moment. Sometimes you just have to. And so sitting in them for a moment, not forever, but just for a moment and giving yourself that space to feel so that you can begin the process of, you know, working through those feelings and figuring out, okay, how do I, you know, move forward? Um, With everything, you know, that's just going on right now, I'm sure there are so many people who are just experiencing an array of feelings, an array of emotions. And so trying to figure out a way to, to just find a sense of balance um, can be challenging, but it's, it's possible and it's doable. Um, And so I can definitely, you know, share some tips and some suggestions if you guys want me to on how we can actually do that. Okay, yes, please do. And Darlene, did you have um, any comments at this point? No. Okay. Yes, let's proceed on, Lakia. Um, So one of the things I think that it is important is focusing on what we can control. With everything that's going on, obviously right now, but just in life in general, um, we tend to focus and stress about things that are out of our control. But if we focus on what we can control, it does help us manage through those difficult moments. Because we're humans, and if we're honest, we like to be in control of things. We like to be in control of our lives. We like to be in control of how our day goes. And the minute something happens that disrupts that plan, it's like, okay, I'm out of whack. So for me personally, I can tend to be a perfectionist at times. And so in being a recovering perfectionist, as I like to call myself, um, I'm learning and I've had to learn how to focus on what I can control. Um, I think it's also important to focus on what's going well. There is so much um, negativity, obviously, and it's easy to get caught up in focusing on what's not going well, focusing on the negative. But if we take the time to really focus on what's going well, that can change our mood, that can actually change our attitude, that can change the way we see um, our, our situation or see the world. Um, Our mind and our thoughts affect so many other aspects of our body. And so when I'm thinking a certain way, then it's going to impact how I show up. And so if I always think negatively, then my actions are going to be a reflection of that. But if I choose to think positively about things, then that's going to reflect in my actions. And so when I'm working with clients, I, I usually explain to them that our brains are like computers. And so every now and then 
we have to reprogram them because we can get caught up in thinking a certain way um, for so long that it can be hard to reprogram and think a different way. And so it can take time. It does take practice, but it can be done. I think in terms of um, what you're saying about um, focus on what we can control, especially in this environment, we need to be intentional about that too. Um, you know, intentionally look at those things that are within our control and then do what we need to do to um, stabilize whatever situation we're in, whether it's um, at home with our children, you know, being uh, in close quarters for long periods of time with a spouse or a partner, but to be intentional and to focus on those things and then take control because then you will um, negate or minimize the feeling of helplessness. Right. And it's exactly. also mm-hmm. an opportunity, as you said, to focus on the positive. And part of the positive is that we may have more time to spend with our families or mm-hmm. we have that time to go out and work in the garden so there, there are a lot of positives that come out of this situation, you know, recognizing that we are in an economic downturn and things will change. We don't have any impact on um, the details of things changing, but we do have the impact of looking at how we respond. Yes, I totally agree with that, and I think finding a way to see our situation differently is important, and thinking about, you know, what can I learn from this experience? That's something I ask myself all the time, like, what can I learn, and asking myself currently from all of this, you know, what can I learn from this experience? What is it teaching me about me? Because hard times and struggles will expose those weak areas of our lives. And so identifying, okay, you know what, maybe I'm not responding to this as best as I probably could be, so let me figure out a way to work through this. Let me figure out a way to, you know, address this particular part of me. Um, What is it teaching me about me? Because when we're, when things are going well, there's really nothing to learn because things are going well. But when we're going through a struggle or going through a hard time, that's where, you know, we have to use our tools. That's when we're tested. That's when whatever is in us is going to come out. So I think um, that's also a great way to look at it as well. Mm-hmm. We have an opportunity to do a reset. Mhm. Mhm. And that's a good word because I think we tend to use the phrase starting over and I think to think about starting over is just like, okay, I got to start from the ground up. <laughs> and it may not necessarily be that. It may be that, like you said, a reset. Like I still have a foundation, but I'm going to continue to build on what I already have and what I already know. And so I don't have to necessarily start from scratch per se, um, but just reset. And all of us need a reset at times. Because it's like a phone. At some point, you know, it kind of starts acting up and you got to reset it or restart it. 
that's how life is sometimes. You know, we go through um, life, we have experiences, and sometimes, you know, those experiences impact us in different ways, but it's okay to, you know, reset. It's okay to restart because in resetting and restarting, you know, it gives us time to build again. It gives us time um, to do the work that we need to do um, so that we can be our best selves. It also gives us time to get what's important to us. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Concentrate on to focus yeah. on what's important. And I think to focus in general is important. To focus um, on where we are now, to not think about what the past is or what the future, future will bring, but to focus on the here and the now, to be intentional, mm-hmm. to uh, focus on what we can control and to um, also be an observer, you know, check out ourselves and, you know, when we start, like you said, um, when you can feel when you're off balance, when you're not in your most balanced state, your most positive um, state, and, and think about, you know, what's going on here, how am I reacting to it, and then make adjustments and make those short-term resets so that we can regain our balance um, going forward. So that's very important mm-hmm. as well. Mhm. I was talking what about with, um, other things that we can we can do. Um I was talking with a colleague the other day and we were, you know, talking about how we feel like this is also um teaching us how to be mindful and how to mm-hmm. be present in the moment because the moment is all we have. All we have is this moment right now. <laughs> You know, the past is what it is, and the future, we don't know for for certain what that looks like. So learning to be present in the moment, living in the moment, um, enjoying ourselves in the moment, being conscious in the moment, um, because we can't – I feel like we're in a world and in a society that there's always a focus on what's next, what's next, what, what's next, but – we forget about what's happening now. And so I think that all of this is definitely pushing us and forcing us to learn to be present um, in the moment as well. Mm -hmm. And I think also being present in the moment also will minimize, um, minimize anxiety and fear. You know, and the mm-hmm. fear is the one thing that we don't want to do because that just wreaks havoc on all aspects of our life. But if you're living right now, that will minimize fear and anxiety. So that will help clear up some of those states of being in itself. Exactly. Because the thing about fear and anxiety is it creates the thought of or the thoughts of the worst case scenario happening. And because we can't predict the future, um, we'll create these thoughts in our mind that says this is going to happen, but we don't have any evidence to support those thoughts. So Mm -hmm. asking yourself, okay, if I have this, as we, in the therapist world, we call them um, catastrophizing thoughts, you know, thinking the worst. So if I have these thoughts, then asking myself, what evidence do I have that says this is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Also asking yourself, okay, what's the worst thing that could happen? What's the best thing that could happen? Or what's the most likely outcome? 
And if the worst did happen, would you still be okay? Would you still be able to cope? And the answer to that question is probably yes. So I asking yourself those questions and using those as tools to process helps us, you know, alleviate some of the anxiety um, in that moment. And then also thinking about what is a better way to see this situation. If I, if a friend was coming to me with the same problem, what would I tell them? Mm. That's a and good I question. Think, <laughs> yeah, and that's an excellent way to look at it because friends. when we're dealing in fear, we we are creating all types of scenarios that we don't have any evidence for. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, sometimes mm-hmm. you might, but typically, fear is something that we've created. And that you know we can it it can just go wild in our minds. So those are um, good tips to to think about. What's the worst case scenario? Um, you know, and how would I suggest or how would I refer this to a friend? They came to me with the same type of question or situation. And remember that fear is a natural emotion, right? It's our body's response to help protect us. It's when mm-hmm. we don't examine the thoughts and the react and start to react that we start to get into trouble. And I also right. think it's helpful if, if people knew how the brain actually worked and just knowing that fear is a chain reaction in the brain. And so you get some stimulus from the outside, like this, this uh, pandemic, right? And then the brain mm-hmm. starts releasing chemicals that cause your heart to raise. You start breathing fast if that's how you perceive yeah, the perception that you have is a major threat, right? Heart starts racing, mm-hmm. your breathing starts changing more shallow, your muscles get tight, you're tense now, other things start going wrong, it's a bigger deal, right? And so. Mm-hmm. There's a whole chain reaction that goes on in the brain, and there's parts of the brain that gets involved in the fear response. And we can learn how to shortcut that, or as you said earlier, Lucia, let it play through and sit with it, and and examine it, and you know feel it, all of that, and then decide how to respond appropriately, mm-hmm. because that's really the key right. to all of this is mm-hmm. the appropriate response. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're That's right true. because in the brain, the amygdala is that part of our brain that triggers that fight, flight, or freeze mechanism. And so it's always scanning for safety. So anytime it's triggered and we feel like, you know, it sends like a response to the body that says, hey, we're not safe for whatever reason, whether it's something internal, external. And so figuring out, how do I feel safe in this moment? And with anxiety, it creates these scenarios <laughs> that essentially cause us to not feel safe. Even though there may not be an external threat, there's an internal threat. Mm-hmm. And it, it's creating an internal threat. And so in that moment, asking yourself, okay, number one, reminding yourself that you're safe, but then two, what can I do in this moment to feel safe again? whether that's, okay, I need to talk with a friend or I need to breathe or I need to meditate or, or maybe I need to pray. So figuring out what that looks like for you um, in order to feel safe in that moment. Well, even in this case with the virus, it could mean 
I need to stock up on supplies. I don't know what's going to happen. And so I will feel more secure because I have some necessities in the house in the event that this worst case scenario that if I listen to the news and all of that <laughs> might come about. <laughs> you, yeah. whatever, like you said, whatever steps you can take to make you feel more secure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. And what what works for one person may not work for another. Exactly. Um, so you have to know what, what works for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some additional tips that we can look at in terms of personal, from a personal point of view, is to also make sure that you're um, incorporating self-care into your routine. You know, um, taking care of yourself. If you're teleworking, uh, if you're home with your children, um, make sure you carve out time for yourself, and this should be on a daily basis anyway. Um, you know, um, make sure that you are exercising, eating quality food, uh, taking time out to just sit and meditate or pray, um, you know, being optimistic, being filled with joy, and being grateful. But um, those are some things that we can do to um, just empower ourselves so that we can be our best and provide and help empower those that we might happen to be around or come in contact with who might need some help. And just your positive energy, your state of wellness and well-being will will truly be a light to other people and affect them in a positive way. So we need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves so that we can be our best presence here and we can also bless others through our energy and our presence. Okay, would you talk to... Did you have any other tips that you might want to share regarding self-care? Um, sure. Um, I would definitely say during this time, you know, to limit your social media and news time, not saying that you can't stay updated with what's going on, but if you expose yourself to too much of it can just intensify the stress and the worry and the anxiety. So what I've been recommending is choose the time of the day to maybe spend 10 minutes or 15 minutes getting an update on what's going on and then Mm -hmm. figuring out something else to do. Um, Because, like I said, just exposing ourselves to the the negative things that are happening and um, exposing ourselves to the news and the social media can actually um, intensify the stress. Um, I would also... Yes. (laughs) Um, Some other things I think would be helpful because many of us are either teleworking um, or maybe we're not working at all, just depending on what your situation is, definitely engaging in some self-soothing and relaxing activities. Um, You know, now is the time to do those things that maybe we say we never have the time to do, like exercise or walk. Um, doing yoga, deep breathing, um, listening to meditation, maybe doing arts and crafts, journaling. These are just a few things that people could um, engage in. Maybe cleaning your house. Maybe you've been wanting to clean out the garage for the past year, but don't have you never had the time to do it. 
now is the time to be able to do those things that, you know, we normally wouldn't have the, the time and the space for. Um, YouTube is also a great place for um, doing, like, guided meditation. Um, also, it's good for, like, sleep meditation. The apps Calm and Headspace are also great to use if you have access to those um, as a way to just kind of give you something to do that's relaxing. And just resting. You know, rest is an action. I know when we hear the word rest, we think, oh, I'm not doing anything. Yes, you're still doing something when you're resting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, our bodies need rest. We, It's like a car. You don't go, you know, thousands of miles without getting an oil change because at some point, if you don't get that oil change or get that car maintenance, it's going to die out on you. And so mm-hmm. it's important that we take that time to rest so that we can maintain our physical health, maintain our um, spiritual health, as well as our mental health. And I would add, too, to um, stay away from your phone as much as possible, because Mm -hmm. once you get on the phone, you can go down that rabbit hole, right? You're back in the news and and back Mm -hmm. on social media where you're starting to see a lot of the negative side of what's going on with this pandemic and you know that they're not playing up what's happening on the positive side. So that would take mm-hmm. you down a rabbit hole and really yeah, use the time true. to be productive. As you said, Lakia, um, mm-hmm. question for you, Lakia, mm-hmm. what would you say about people who are, um, let's say voluntarily quarantined, but they're alone how would they go about combating loneliness in addition to YouTube? <laughs> um, so I'm, so I'll be honest, like, I'm an introvert. So to be alone is like heaven to me, <laughs> but I do understand the importance of having those social connections. So for people who may live alone but maybe um, are struggling with depression Mm -hmm. or other, you know, challenges and need that social connection to stay motivated or to kind of stay encouraged, um, if possible, you know, FaceTiming or video chatting Mm -hmm. with those people or just calling them on the phone, you know, having a time of the day where you check in especially if you know someone who maybe is struggling with being alone, um, checking on them and, you know, calling them. Um, so those are some ways I think people could, you know, potentially, you know, navigate through the this challenge right now with having to be alone. But for people like me, I'm like, this is great. <laughs>
you know, some people dread being by themselves and they just create things to do to keep themselves busy. But at this time, you, you're not going to be able to do that too much. So it's a great opportunity to learn how to love yourself and to learn how to enjoy being with yourself. Yeah, and it's important and for point. people mm-hmm. who are prone to depression because they're going mm-hmm. to have to figure out how to deal with uh, if it becomes if it becomes an extended period of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a good point because um, I tell people, like, how can we expect other people to want to be around us if we don't want to be around ourselves? Mm-hmm. We have oh, to learn God. how to have a a good relationship with ourselves because our relationship with self reflects in our relationship with others. So if I don't have a good relationship with myself, then oftentimes it's going to show up in how I do relationship with other people too. So I agree this is a great opportunity to really get to know ourselves, spend time with ourselves, um, because this will really tell who is dependent upon people. And so if I'm Mm -hmm. dependent upon people to always fill my cup, to always show up, to always be there, to be present, then, you know, obviously that can have a downside. But learning how to show up for ourselves, learning how to fill our own cup, because it's not the responsibility of others to do that. Now, granted, when people do decide to do that, that's that's great, but it shouldn't be the expectation and the sole responsibility for other people to do that. We have to be responsible for filling our cup. So I think this will be a great opportunity to figure out what that can look like for us. And if someone is experiencing extreme depression or need that additional that additional help, they should reach out. Mm-hmm. Lakia, would you share with us and our listeners uh, your contact information for your business and you can share any types of uh, activities or anything that's going on with you and your business that you'd like for us to know about? Um, So the name of my business is called The Soar Firm. So that's S-O-A-R-F-I-R-M. My website is www.thesoarfirm.com. I'm also on Instagram under The Soar Firm, as well as Facebook under The Soar Firm LLC. And then I just recently launched a YouTube channel, um, which is also under The Soar Firm. So you know, put me in the search, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> I've been uploading some videos, um, just have different topics that I touch on um, from dealing with grief, trust issues. And so I'm in the process of uploading um, and adding more content as we go. So that was definitely a step outside of my comfort zone. But I know that, you know, it's important for people to be educated and it's important for, you know, people like me who are therapists um, to be able to share wisdom um, and also maybe, you know, share my experiences because therapists, we're people too. We go through challenges just like everyone else. Um, So I do think it's helpful for people to also see that, oh, okay, this is how you navigate through this or this is how you work through these kind of issues. Yes. Please feel free to follow. (laughs) And we will definitely do that and and also add your information to our Fifth Different Spirit website. 
And I want to invite our listeners who may have a question or comment or may want to share some information to um, let us know. Yes. Um, So with children, you know, they're much like adults. Sometimes they don't like change either. And so I think we have to be very aware and just mindful of that, that this is this can also be a, a difficult time for, for them because they're away from their friends. Um, for many college and high school seniors, they're not, I mean, there's a possibility that they may not be able to attend prom or attend their graduation. So this can be a very difficult time for them. So there may be parents who might see their children, you know, being more disrespectful than normal or, you know, being very irritable or dismissive. Um, and so just as a parent or as a guardian, just being mindful that there may be something up underneath that. There may be worry, there may be fear, um, and to mm-hmm. not take those things personally and just know that they have feelings too. So they feel just like we feel. And so as the adult, being careful not to dismiss those feelings, but using that as an opportunity to you know, create a space, a safe space for them to vent, a safe space for them to talk about whatever their worries or their fears are. Um, I also think that it's important for us to keep them on some sort of schedule <laughs> because kids need structure. Mm-hmm. So for the parents who are having to homeschool their kids currently, just having a, a, a just having a schedule. Um, and just trying to adhere to some sort of schedule so that they're not just you know, doing nothing all day, um, take them outside if you can, you know, let them play, do games with them. This is a great time to spend quality time with, you know, your kids. Um, so just doing games, doing crafts, it's also a great time to get to know them better because with the hustle and bustle of life, sometimes as parents, you know, we're just running kids here and there, dropping them off. You know, they got softball, baseball, basketball. And so sometimes that may take away from us being able to just really sit and talk. So this is a great opportunity to get to know them better um, and just strengthen those relationships. And then there are also tons of uh, worksheets, um, games, and things like that on YouTube, um, the internet that parents can download and use as teaching tools or just fun, you know, activities to do. So Google is your friend, you know, <laughs> so use Google, ask other parents what they're doing. I, I've seen a lot of people I know on social media who have kids who have been sharing what they've been doing with their kids. So reach out to your village, reach out to other parents um, and get ideas and suggestions because um, that's a way to build community, but that's also a way to feel supported. Yes, thank you. And I think along with um, the scheduling and, and uh, setting up schedules, it's a good opportunity to engage um, your um, young people, your children, get them engaged in setting up the schedule, you know, about um, creating different activities. And although you have a schedule every day, you can um, include something different, something that's going to be different from the day before so you won't have them getting into a routine. Um, include group sessions, you know, just an opportunity, as you said, to create a safe space for them and as a group, as a family, and to, you know, just um, talk. You know, just share. Um, 
do creative things together, exercise together. You know, it's a wonderful opportunity to come together and to um, create a stronger bond um, in your family and with your children in particular. (laughs) And um, don't let social media um, encourage them not to use social media to keep them occupied, you know, most of the day. But I think having a schedule or having a routine is good, you know, Um, even for ourselves, you know, Wake up in the morning, take a shower, dress, you know, get dressed. Don't walk around mm-hmm. with PJs on all day. You know, be intentional about your existence. Maybe a couple of days you might want to do that, but I don't think that should be an everyday routine because that in <laughs> itself can kind of be a drag, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity, I think. And what keeps coming to my mind is the term from Eckhart Tolle, which is a new earth. You know, I just see mm-hmm. so much um, mm-hmm. opportunity, you know, and um, that could come of this. And so I hope, you know, we, mm-hmm. I, I know, you know, there's a lot of devastation, but I hope as we go through this, that um, at the end of it, you know, we take what we've learned through this and create a new environment, a new way of living, you know, keep the mm-hmm. the lessons that we've learned through this, keep those and, and make them a new way of life, a new way of living, a new way of being. So I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of opportunity. And, um, and I hope people will share, you know, what they're doing, the creative, because we are creative individuals. So there's a lot of opportunity there uh, while mm-hmm. we interact with our um, children. And I'd like for us to um, also move into some tips when you're with your partner, whether it's your spouse or your husband, your partner, you know, your significant other. Are there some things that we can do to um, kind of make sure that we stay on a even, an even keel mentally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm sure for some people, you know, this is an adjustment, you know, having to be with your partner, your spouse, for, you know, lengthier periods of time, especially when you may be used to, you know, going to work. But um, I would definitely say that just trying to stay in tune with one another, being open and expressing what you need from one another, um, we oftentimes tend to assume that people know what we want and know what we need. But people aren't mind readers. So having, um, creating a safe space to where you both can share, you know, I just need some space right now, or I need, you know, some time to myself to just kind of regroup, or, you know, I need some encouragement right now, or I just need quality time with you right now. So just really being open and communicating what your needs are. Um, I'm sure that there, with all of the stress, you know, this can create tension sometimes in relationships. And so if there are moments where you have to have, you know, important discussions, having those discussions when you're calm. You know, when we have when we try to have important discussions when we're upset and angry, that just adds, you know, fuel to an open to an already open fire. So having those discussions when we're where we're calm, if things do start to get heated and, you know, we become emotionally charged or triggered you know, taking a time out, you know, taking some time away from the discussion, agreeing to come back to it at a later time, um, using I statements um, as a way to communicate and focusing on what you're actually feeling um, and not blaming the person but expressing 
how the situation is um, making you feel and what kind of feelings it's creating. And then, you know, listening to understand, not necessarily listening to respond. And that's Mm -hmm. something I teach couples that I um, counsel because in most cases, we just want to be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, people, we're not going to agree all the time. And in some cases, we're not always going to understand each other all the time because we don't even understand ourselves <laughs> in totality. <laughs> so we can't expect <laughs> other people to understand us, too. <laughs> so, you know, identifying, okay, in this moment, as I'm expressing this to my partner, am I wanting to be understood or am I just wanting to be heard? And a lot of times we just really want wanting to be heard. And even if I do want my partner to understand and they, you know, and it, it and it's appearing that they're not, then maybe I need to give them some space to process it. And I don't think we do that enough. We don't give people the time to process what, you know, the information they're receiving and what's happening. So I think those are some ways um, that we can just, you know, just kind of implement as we're all going through this and just identifying if there are challenges, okay, what needs to happen next? What do we both need to do in order to move forward to resolve this, if it can be resolved, and how can we continue to support each other? Yes, that's great because I, I can imagine that um, spending um, – day in and day out, you know, with with people, <laughs> whoever you might be spending it with, could become a little difficult. So having mm-hmm. the tools to handle that type of situation would go a long way. I agree that people want to be heard and we want to feel that we matter and that we mm-hmm. have worth. We have our own worth. But when you're in a situation with a partner, a significant other, we also want to feel that, that we matter and that we have value and we add value. And it's nothing, you know, so uh, demeaning and so hurtful as to make a person feel that they don't have value in your life and, that they're, and, and they're someone that's that close to you. So um, it's really important to let them know for us to be agreeable. You know, we mm-hmm. can talk and chat and deal with situations without becoming hostile and um you know, just moving so far left to the negative side that um, no one can accomplish anything. So I think it's really important, you know, for us to kind of look at ourselves before we start pointing fingers and to also realize that the other person matters and that they also have a point of view and to consider their point of view as well. Yes, I agree. Definitely agree. Raisa, did you have any comments at this time? I, I agree. Just understanding that it's a stressful time for most and that people will get upset and they may say things that are rash and not thought well through just because there's that underlying fear. So with that, we have to take that into account when we're dealing with people and be more compassionate. And also to help them understand that there's no need to be in deep fear as this whole 
discussion was about at the end of the day, focused on the now and what you can do now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great opportunity, as we talked about earlier, to explore things that we've been wanting to do, especially for those of us who are not teleworking. Uh, you have you have extra time, so do those things. It might be a good time to write that book, a wonderful time to journal, uh, to create new music, to um, create art, you know, just to do anything, to sew, whatever it is that you're passionate about that you haven't had an opportunity to do that, um, look at it as an opportunity to explore those things and to get things done instead of an opportunity to um, um, just be at home and to be closed in and shut in. So there's so many different uh, ways. Just look look on the bright side <laughs> and look on the positive side, you know, and just be thoughtful and intentional about what it is we're doing um, to make sure that our families are comfortable and to recognize that our children, you know, they may be going through things as well. So to include them and to make them feel safe and well taken care of. And through that, as Lakia, as you said, structure is a very good thing. Uh, and in that structure, you can have some diversity, some variety, and still maintain certain components that happen every day. But um, include the, the young people and the children into the planning process. Uh, make sure that we create opportunities for family gatherings, uh, create in- inventive or creative names for those gatherings or for different events that bring us together several times throughout the day and to include some individual personal time as well. But um, just keep an eye on each other, keep an eye on our thoughts, and to make sure that we are um, well cared for, that we take care of ourselves. Include that meditation. You know, have our children uh, go through meditation cycles with us or pull up a Tai Chi video and do some Tai Chi. So there's so many things that we can do, and I know uh, we're out there doing them. And I invite um, any of our listeners to come to our Sisters in Spirit website and uh, share. Um, come to our fluidmagazine.com website and share what you're doing and ask additional questions. And uh, we'll make sure that, Lakia, uh, we invite you to um, come and visit our site so that we can um, share those questions with you. And by all means, visit Lakia at her sites and uh, her social media sites and her website as well. So with that, I'm going to ask any listeners if they have any questions. Everybody's really quiet this evening, but I see you out there. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to make, to press 1, and we will bring you into the conversation. And Lakia, I invite you again to uh, share your contact information with us. Yes. um, Website is www.thesorefirm.com. That's S O. A R F I R M dot com. Also on Facebook at the Sore Firm LLC, Instagram at the Sore Firm, and also on YouTube under the Sore Firm. So as a te- thank you, Lakia, for that. Um, and I just thought about it as a teleworking individual right now. Uh, what are some of the things that we can do <laughs> to maintain our sanity? <laughs> I'll share a quick. Uh, episode that happened yesterday. Um, I was working, I had the TV on, and I'm usually conscious about 
um, what I what I have on in the background while I'm working. However, I left it on a news station for a very very long period of time, and then I started realizing that you know it was making me anxious. And I cut it off. It had been on for a long time. And so I had some issue issues, uh, technology issues later in the evening. And I ended up working um, probably until about 11 or 11.30. And um, so before I turned off my computer, I remembered that we had an all-staff notice that uh, came out around 6 p.m. that I didn't look at. So I said, let me walk, look at this notice so that I'll know what's going on. And it told us that, our teleworking uh, period will be extended for another week or so. So um, that was very troubling to me. So I, you know, was very very wired when I got offline, and um, it interfered with my sleep for um, the rest of the night. So in those cases, what type of tips do you have for those of us who are teleworking? Um, I would definitely encourage um, teleworkers, you know, to take breaks. Obviously, you're working at home, and so our homes are places of comfort, <laughs> and so it's easy sometimes to get um, caught up in that feeling of comfort. Um, so maybe going outside for a walk, taking a break, listening to some music that's uplifting. Usually for us that work in office environments, you know, we may or may not be able to listen to music, so that will be a great opportunity um to maybe play some music, maybe in between your breaks, you could do some guided meditation or do a devotion or prayer. But I think it's it's really important to have those moments where you implement breaks so that you can recharge, being mindful of the information that you're allowing yourself to be exposed to. Because even though the TV was on subconsciously, it was actually – creating anxiety. Um, oh, it so was, it's important. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's right so at that time when you're not... Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So sometimes we may not be consciously thinking about things, mm-hmm. but subconsciously it's still there. The thoughts are right. still there. Mm-hmm. So i like well, to add you. someone who's, who's uh-huh. worked from home Starting. for 10 years. Yeah, as, as someone who's worked mm-hmm. from home for 10 years, you have to develop structure, and, and you have to say that these are the hours that I'm going to work. Whatever mm-hmm. is left over is going to be there the next day. And the more mm-hmm. that you work, the more that the person who is next on that chain is going to have to work, and it's just a revolving door that everybody's mm-hmm. trying to keep up with the other person. So if you stop working those crazy hours, then the next person – will stop working those crazy hours. It just it just feeds. Mm-hmm. It's a ripple yeah, that's something to keep in you contact. You have to control the hours that you are working so that you're not mm-hmm. stressing yourself out. It's so easy to to work more hours when you're working at home than you're actually doing in the it office is. because you have that stop time to go home. At least you take a break going home. <laughs> that's, you know, an hour, 40 <laughs> minutes, whatever that's it true. is. That's true. At, at home, you don't take that time. Yes. Well, thank you so much for that. I will kind of remind myself throughout the day. And I'd like to say thank you, Lakia, for being with us and for sharing these valuable tools. Essentially, we want you to take care of yourself and to be mindful and to be um, uh, acclimated towards those things that you can control and do so. 
and to make sure that those around you feel cared for and feel safe. Um, with that, we'd like to end with a quote. Um, Lakia, did you have a quote that you'd like to share? Yes. Um, there was a quote that I came across a couple of weeks ago by um, Albert Einstein that I thought was really um, neat, yeah. and it says, we we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we use to create them. Yes, oh, that's awesome. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we use to create them. Darlene? Yeah, so I have two quick ones. A problem is a chance for you to do your best. That's Duke Ellington. So this is an opportunity for us to be creative. And the second is, it is only in our darkest hours that we may discover the true strength of the brilliant light within ourselves that can never, never, ever be dimmed. And that's Do Zantamata. This just speaks to the fact that we are physical, we are spiritually having a physical experience. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And mine's similar. It is during our darkest moments that we must focus to see the light. Aristotle Onassis. And with that, we'd like to thank you for being with us this evening. Thank you, Lakia. Thank you, Darlene, and we thank our listeners. You've been listening to Sisters in Spirit Empowerment Broadcast. We look forward to you visiting our website at inspirit at sisters.inspirit.net. I'm sorry, that's inspirit at sistersinspirit, all one word, dot net. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you the next time. Bye. Bye for now.